Hello and welcome to Viper Bites Monday Night Football Preview. We have the Giants and we have the Chiefs. Now, before we get into this matchup, make sure if you're watching on YouTube that you hit that like and subscribe button. And if you're listening to any of our shows on the good old-fashioned pl podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, whatever that may be, make sure to hit that rate and review. Maybe toss some five golden stars that way. That would be appreciated. And you know what? If you're following, check me out on Twitter, at MattDonnellyFF. You got questions, I got answers. Don't be afraid to send those questions in. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to get those comments in as well. I make sure to get to each and every one of those comments as best I can and answer them as quickly as possible. With that being said, we're going to get right into this game here right now. On paper, this does not sound like a huge game. This sounds like a huge walk all over the New York Giants type game. But you know what? The Chiefs are reeling. They've been struggling the last couple of weeks. And the Giants have been showing a little bit of that grit. You know what I'm saying? So this could turn out to be a much better game than what we're anticipating. Now, when we talk about the New York Giants, we need to start at the quarterback position. We need to start talking about Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones, he's been basically working with a mixed bag of nuts all season. Every time he reach, reaches into that bag, he's either pulling out a new receiver or a new receiver's going in or... We don't know, but that lineup keeps changing from pass catchers. Yeah, is it going to be uh, Sterling Shepard? Is it going to be Kadarius Tony? Is it going to be Darius Slayton? Is it going to be Colin Johnson? You know, the list goes on and on and on. There's a few guys that I, I omitted from that, but we'll talk about that a little bit later here. Now, he is – how do I want to put this in a nice, gentle way? I kind of list off some of those names, but there are 16 different Giants who have caught passes this season. Heck, even Daniel Jones has a reception. And you have to go all the way down to the ninth leading receiver to find one who's played all seven of the Giants game. And that is Kyle Rudolph. So that, before we start piling on on Daniel Jones, we have to really take a good hard look at what he's been working with all season long. Now, Daniel Jones is 14th in passing and heading into this week, he was ahead of Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, and even, yes, Josh Allen with his 1,727 passing yards through seven games, including missing some time himself due to injury. If you don't remember, he kind of had his head rattled in. I think it was Jabril Cox that kind of drove it down there. Anyway, the problem is Jones has seven touchdowns this season. Five are through the air. Two he's done with his legs, but he's also thrown for four interceptions and he has a lost fumble along the way. Those turnovers and lack of touchdowns have Jones sitting as a QB 16. Good thing he leads the Giants in rushing yards with 229. It, I'm not sure if that's a good thing, but it is helping him for fantasy, so there's that. Now, both New York and Kansas City, they like to play the game fast. And Kansas City is giving up 8.6 yards per pass and 275.7 passing yards per game. That does give Daniel Jones a solid QB2 floor heading into this matchup. Now, we've got Devontae Booker. We've got Saquon Barkley. Is Saquon ready to come back? Is it too soon if he does? I know we all want him back. But if I was to guess here on Friday, at the time of the recording of this video, he's going to be out another week. Seriously, his ankle was more swole than any part of my body has been in several years. Now, according to Friday's practice reports, he's still not participating in those practices. So make of that what you will. He's not playing. Uh, this Giants offense misses him. They miss what he does. They need to get him back as soon as possible. Heck, 
they, they'd be happy with any kind of offense right now. In five games, Barkley had 325 yards from scrimmage. He scored three touchdowns, which eh, it's okay. Now, Booker, on the other hand, averages 3.2 yards per carry and has been targeted 14 times with 12 receptions for 73 yards and three touchdowns as well. In the last three games that Booker has had 12 carries or more, yeah, he has still failed to reach 55 yards rushing. But he does have a score in two of three games and three times. He scored three times over that same period. So, yay, thumbs up. Now, at the wide receiver, Darius Slayton was the last man standing last week. Galladay, Shepard, Tony, they were all missing action. And he did pretty well for himself. The wide receiver, 77 in fantasy, saw nine targets, a 26% target share, completing the process five times for 63 yards in his first game back since week three when he had to leave with that little bit of a hamstring injury, which was kind of a it's kind of a known thing around the Giants locker room right now, that hamstring and soft tissue stuff. So a little bit deeper look in here with this Giants match, the Chiefs matchup here. The Chiefs may give up the second most points to opposing quarterbacks in fantasy, but they tighten things up a little bit when it comes to the wide receivers, limiting their fantasy production to the seventh fewest, only yielding 35.06 fantasy points per game. Now, Sterling Shepard, he is currently wide receiver 50 in PPR scoring, but the wide receiver 20 in fantasy points per game. When healthy, he is averaging 15.8 points per game, and over the four games that he has dressed, and that includes a game which he had to leave early, Atlanta, hamstring. See the see where I'm going? In those four games, Shepard has seen nine targets or more in three of the four while hauling in at least seven passes and recording 75 or more yards in each of those contests. Now, Shepard was back at practice on Thursday, which puts him in line to be able to play on Monday night. And with the volume he sees, I would be expecting him to see that volume on Monday as well, which gives him a very good high-end wide receiver floor, wide receiver two floor, or you know what? You know what? You might even be able to sneak him into your wide receiver one conversations here for your fantasy squads. Just saying, I really like Sterling Shepard if he's ready to go, which it looks like he will be. Now, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, Dante Pettis, unlike Shepard, Galladay, and Tony did not practice on Thursday. Tony did get a little bit of work in on Friday, so he's got a little bit closer a better chance of playing than Galladay does. Galladay hasn't done nothing, so I would fully expect Galladay not to be available. I would expect Shepard and Slayton to be available, and Kadarius Tony to be a guy to kind of watch as the week progresses here through Saturday's injury report heading into Sunday as well. Now, the other guy they got there is Dante Pettis. Even if he dresses, he probably shouldn't be playing anyway, but Tony did get – I mentioned he got that work in there. If – if Shepard is out, which I'm not expecting him to be out, then Pettis may have some value. Pettis has 10 receptions for 87 yards, one touchdown, 16 targets in the last couple of weeks, and he's ran 85% of his routes from the slot with Shepard out of the lineup. Again, I fully expect Shepard to be in the lineup. So everything I just said about Pettis, you could probably forget about. Now, Evan Ingram, if Evan Ingram can't produce with Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Gaudi, Darius Slayton missing time, what makes you think – that he can produce once they come back. I don't care how good of a matchup this is against the Chiefs and how good it looks on paper. I am not starting Evan Ingram. In five games, five games, we've now got a five-game sample size here. Ingram has 34.8 fantasy points and averages seven points per game while sitting all the way down at tight end 29. 
Maybe it's time for a change of scenery for him as there are rumored to be multiple teams looking to acquire him and take a chance on him. But for fantasy this week, I ain't taking that chance. Now, the Chiefs have allowed a touchdown to a tight end in each of the last four games. So if Ingram can, can't find the end zone for the first time all season this week, it's not going to happen, people. It's not. Now, let's turn our attention to the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's turn our attention to Patrick Mahomes. He is in need of a rebound game. All these Chiefs are in need of a rebound game. Now, they were basically taken to the woodshed by the Tennessee Titans last week. And let's be honest, it may have been the most mortal we've seen Mahomes since he's really come into the starting role there with the Chiefs. In fact, his worst outing before this game was against the Bills in Week 5, in which he only produced 21 fantasy points. Last week, 8.7. He had zero touchdowns, and he was 20 of 35 for 206 yards with an interception. He lost his fumble, and he may have lost a little bit of consciousness at one point. The Chiefs' offensive line, while better than last year, has seen Mahomes get sacked at least two times in five of seven games this year. Despite last week's numbers, Mahomes is still fourth in passing yards with 2,093 third in touchdown passes, and fifth in fantasy points with 170.18, which is only nine points back of Tom Brady, who sits tops amongst all quarterbacks. The Giants have given up the 12th most points to quarterbacks on average this season, surrendering 19.41 per game. Now, is Daryl Williams a better version of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire than Edwards-Hilaire is? I'll let you think about that for a second. Williams this year has 13 receptions on 18 targets for 102 yards while adding 181 yards on the ground on 52 carries. That works out to about four yards per touch while being the go-to guy on the goal line with four rushing touchdowns. Williams is the RB30 right now with 65.3 fantasy points and averages about 9.3 per game. Williams played 64% of the offensive snaps in week seven and no other back for the Chiefs had a carry that game. Yeah, Jet McKinnon, you're, you're not it. Last week, didn't go the way the Chiefs had envisioned, but I'd expect Williams' production to mirror that more of what happened in Week 6 against the Washington Football Club, in which he had 89 yards of scrimmage with two touchdowns. Okay, I don't see two touchdowns in his future this week, but one for sure, um, especially when you consider that the Giants are giving up 4.5 yards per carry and the fifth most rushing yards per game at 111.6, two running backs. Now, when Tyreek Hill is on, he is on. But when he is off, he is off. Like last week, six catches, 49 yards in a 27-3 loss to the Titans. But look, that's not all. While he is the wide receiver two in fantasy with 150.4 points, that's a little mis misleading here. As four of his seven games, yes, that's more than half, he has been held under 15 fantasy points in PPR. If this was standard, that would equivalate to four games with less than 10 fantasy points. In fact, five of seven games this season, Hill has been held under 80 yards receiving, but went off in huge ways in week one with 197 against um, 197 yards in week one. And then in week four against the Eagles, he went off for 186. And he scored three touchdowns. Three of his five touchdowns came against the Eagles. His 52 reception sits second in the league, while his 641 receiving yards ranks fifth amongst pass catchers. Speaking of wide receivers who are pass catchers, 
There are no more when you're talking about the Chiefs. Now, Nicole Hardman is the de facto third option in the passing game behind Tyreek Hill, behind Travis Kelsey, and the Giants have given up the 19th most points to opposing receivers, allowing on average 36.20 fantasy points per game. They have also allowed eight touchdowns in seven games to the wide receiver position. I would not count on Hardman cutting into a piece of the pie this week. Hardman does not have a single game this season of more than 80 yards receiving. His best game this year went back to week five, again against the Bills, in which he had nine receptions for 76 yards. That said, he still somehow manages to crack the top 50 wide receiver charts, coming in at wide receiver 49 with 64.2 fantasy points. Now, before we talk about Travis Kelsey, we have to talk about the third, fourth, fifth, sixth options in the passing game for the Chiefs. That's Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, Josh Gordon. You know what? It, it is just Hill and Kelsey and no one else. I mean, the only way any of these three are coming to my lineup is if I plug in Sterling Shepard into my lineup and there's a setback pregame. Full disclosure, I have added Demarcus Robinson and Pringle in two leagues in which I am rolling Shepard as a Monday night insurance policy. So that's about the only way I can see either one of those guys, any of those guys getting in my lineup. Now, let's talk about Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey at the tight end position is in a tier all to his own this season. I really thought Darren Waller would challenge him for the crown, but through seven weeks, Kelsey is averaging 17.5 fantasy points per contest and 122.3 fantasy points on the season, which is 11.7 points more than the next closest tight end in Mark Andrews. Now, for perspective, Travis Kelsey's 122.3 fantasy points would rank him as the wide receiver 10 this season, so maybe it's a little bit of a down year for him. You know, he's only 12th in receiving yards and 13th in receiving touchdowns. While you shouldn't be concerned about Kelsey, he is a little bit more banged up than normal, but heavy is the head that wears the crown at the tight end position. Now, the last four weeks has not really been Kelsey-esque, if I may. He has been held to less than 10 fantasy points in each of those four contests. In fact, he hasn't cracked 15 fantasy points since back-to-back weeks to start the season. Now, New York is average at best at defending the tight end position, 13.3 points per game, which is about 15th, and four touchdowns in seven games. Those four touchdowns in seven games are tied for the second most at the position behind the Eagles, Texans, Ravens, who have all allowed six touchdowns to the tight end position. Now, how I expect this game to go down, I really think this is a Chiefs bounce back game, but I would not be surprised to see stranger things. I can see this game turning into like that typical Thursday night football type game where we really don't know how it's going to play out. We think we know, but it's not going to work out the way we believe it is. The Chiefs should take this game easily, but I think there's going to be enough grit, enough determination in what the Giants do to keep this game close for three quarters. Expect the Chiefs to pour it on late and pour it on to the tune of about 38 to, let's call it 24, when we look at it when it's all said and done. But it's going to be close going into the fourth. That all said, this has been your Monday Night Football preview. We just finished talking about the Chiefs. We finished talking about the Giants. All that's left is for them to play the game. Make sure you head over to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast on this very channel. Whether you're listening to it on the podcast or watching it on the Vipers Network, we come live every week, 10 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays. So make sure to check that out. 
And make sure you uh, head over to fantasypoints.com, enter promo code 21Vipers10, and get 10% off your subscription today. That said, like my good old friend Red Green used to say, the women don't find you handsome, at least let them find you handy. Take care.